Hello and welcome to the Overwhelm is Optional podcast. I'm Heidi Mark, coach and biggest cheerleader for successful but secretly overwhelmed women. As well as weekly episodes here on the podcast, you can find out more about what I offer by going to heidimark.co.uk. Hello, welcome to this week's episode of the Overwhelm is Optional podcast, where we gently rebel, gently but firmly, against the idea that overwhelm is just the way things are, that pushing yourself to think and uh, not to procrastinate, (laughs) push, push, push to get things done in order to feel okay, in order to hold your life together, it's just a nonsense, it's just... It's just not okay with you. It's not what you do. It's not how we do things around here. We don't do things perfectly, but we are against pushing yourself through overwhelm, forcing your mind to focus through overwhelm, overloading the mind, because overwhelm is a symptom to show that you're overloading your mind. It's just not designed to do all of those things and keep all of that information in it and make all those decisions on its own which naturally leads us to, okay, so how do we do things differently? And that's where we use these three things. One, we listen to the body. Like the old friend, it indeed is with love, with kindness and with curiosity and playfulness. We listen deeply to our hearts and we control our attention. So the attention is so valuable and everybody wants your attention. So instead of trying to control the mind or quieten the mind, if we focus on controlling the attention instead, we can allow the mind to do its thing. We can notice the busyness, the fear, the anxiety, the overwhelm in the mind, and then we can bring the attention to where we choose to place it, valuing that. So these are great skills to have, well worth learning. So if you like the sound of this, If you're done with pushing yourself through overwhelm and exhaustion in order to hold together all of the carefully crafted pieces of your life, which were supposed to work really well, what were we promised? If you get your head down and work hard, you can have more choice, more freedom. Well, that didn't work out very well, did it? Because there's a whole lot more to choice and freedom than just working hard. So much more. You know this, if this resonates with you then I'm really glad you're here. And if you're usually here, then I really, really appreciate you being here every week. It means it means more than I can explain. So I really want to thank all those people who are just showing up every week to listen. I hugely appreciate your support in being here. I hope you find, I trust that you find this helpful. Otherwise, why would you be here? You wouldn't. (laughs) So thank you. Thank you for, um, yeah, showing up and being here. And if you're not, here every week or if you're new welcome 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 and if you can hear snoring in the background that's one of my dogs Rosie and if you hear this kind of like other noise it's probably nutmeg who's younger and having a bit of a fidget at the moment I used to edit it out what's the point it's life and I love them so they're very much part of the podcast but if you hear funny noises it's nutmeg and Rosie behind me anyway have you registered for my upcoming workshop so if you're catching this This is going out uh, six days before. Um, So if you catch it in time, please, please, please do come along to this workshop. I'm really, really looking forward to it. I've been delving deeply 
into the idea that we get easily overwhelmed by the need to up our self-care. It's like we know we need to, but it adds to our overwhelm. So this workshop is called The Gentle Rebellion Against Self-Care. And by that, by that, I mean against the idea that self-care is something more to do. That the idea that self-care is just another pressure, a list of things to do, something you ought to be doing more of and better. That's, that's not helpful. That's really unhelpful. It's very easy to say, and I and I, this isn't a judgment of anybody who says this to you, because it's good when people say, you know, what? Are you, how are you looking after yourself? But but if it makes you feel worse, if it's like, yes, I really ought to be doing that, but until I get this done, I can't, then it's unhelpful. Although it's also helpful, it's helpful because if you notice that it feels like a pressure, it brings you here. And it, and it hopefully brings you to take a moment of your time right now to pause this podcast and go straight to the registration link before you forget. It's easier to do it in the moment. So you can either just pause, go below this podcast and you will find in the show notes, the top of the show notes, there will be a link. You just click on that, pop your name in the form um, and you can either turn up live or you can get the replay. Turning up live would be lovely. I'd love to see you there. But the replay is equally as good. So just I think the the act of registering for a workshop and intending to be there and putting it in your calendar, that in itself, I would argue, is self-care if this calls to you. So the link is www.heidimark.co.uk forward slash self-care or just click, click the link below here. So that's next Tuesday, the 18th of October at 7 p.m. BST, British Summertime. We will be delving further into this topic, further as in I will be holding space for you to explore for yourself personally in a way that's just different than than a podcast. It's a different energy, isn't it, when we, we come together over Zoom. Um, having said that, it is not um, I don't run my workshops with participation because I want you to really focus on yourself. So. Um, there will be no, and also I find it, I find it too distracting if you've got this constant um, chat pop-up box drives me mad. It's not that I don't want to hear from people; it's that you can't um, type in the chat and listen. It's not possible. So although there may be good things to say, I was I always encourage people to just jot it down and then come back to it because either I'm about to answer it or um, you can ask me at the end. So the way it will work is I will be teaching and give and holding space for you to um, allow my words to wash through you. So you can either journal. So if I was going to do it like showing up completely and I had for myself as in I've got time and space to do this, I would probably get into bed because <laughs> I love doing work, nourishing workshops from my bed. So I'd probably put my PJs on or if I had the sitting room to myself, I would light the fire and I get a blanket and my dogs and a warm drink and my journal. And that's what I would do because I really like to do that and I make it like an occasion of comfiness. Um, but if I just didn't have time to do that or the time was just wrong for me or it just wasn't working, I would literally just have it on. And I would not attempt to do all the journaling. I would just do the journaling in my head. I would do mind journaling. I would just let the words wash over me, even if I was distracted. And that is is just as good. It's not 
about making it a pressure and this is part of it. So how you respond to the invitation to come and hang out with me at a workshop can show you things about how you feel about self-care and how you approach it tells you that as well. So if you decide that you can only come if you can make it live, that you can only come if you can carve out time and nobody will disturb you, then that could be adding, that's, that could be, well, it could be an interesting thing to look at. What's your reaction? How are you going to show up? Are you going to show up? Are you even going to register? If you're not going to register, why not? It's free. It's going to be high quality. Um, I run really good workshops um, and I, I value your time hugely and I value your registration and your commitment to be there. So you get to just show up, no video, no audio on. I will teach for about 40 minutes. Might go on for a little bit longer. And then I'll be about, if you want to um, either chat or switch on your video and and meet me and talk to me, it's up to you. I don't mind. It's, it's your time. It's a gift to you. So I'm really looking forward to this because I'm looking forward to holding space for that. This is not a topic that I've taught on its own like this before. And I'm looking at it differently than I have done previously. So previously it would be incorporated in work I do with my clients. It's incorporated within Get Your Life Back, my group program, but it's not something I've taught as a standalone thing. So I'm I'm really, really looking forward to it. I'm getting ideas coming from all over the place that keep feeding into it. And yeah, it's just going to be really good. So register now, look forward to seeing you there or look forward to sending you the replay, whatever works best for you. And please do let other people know because, um, yeah, there's lots of people who need this. And actually, one of the things that 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 got me thinking about this was that I keep seeing the words self-care isn't optional. It's like, yeah, but it's not doesn't mean it's easy. (laughs) So I guess the word optional probably got me overwhelm is optional. Self-care is not optional. Yeah, we know that, but it's adding to my overwhelm. So instead of telling me that I I ought to be prioritising it, show me how, make it easy, make it reduce my overwhelm, not add to my overwhelm. Yeah. And another, there's two more things that really inspired me to create this workshop. Um, I was also inspired by just noticing the general pressure. So I've been in um, groups recently or I've seen evidence of this where somebody is told or they know that they ought to be up leveling their self-care but the although they're trying to receive that as with the intention it was given which is with love and care I could see that it was adding to the pressure to the overwhelm and I just it just made me go that's not right that's not what the person saying it intended and what can we do about that because it's really important because yes self-care of course is important but if it if it just adds to your to-do list or your invisible get better at list then really it's unhelpful to to even know that you ought to be up loving your self-care it's just it's just ugh, it's too much I don't like that pressure I don't like I'm very sensitive to anything that would have added to my overwhelm back when I was really struggling or anything that would add to my overwhelm now um, or anything, you know, if I just see people who I know are feeling overwhelmed and then it's just like another thing to do, even if it's a good thing. 
So that was one of the things. And then the that was two of the things. And then the last one was the very, the very fact of my own story. So I was prioritizing my self-care when I burnt out and I did not know I was about to burn out. I thought, <laughs> this is really judgy. I thought people who got overwhelmed were just somehow not as organized as me. They didn't know about meditation and mindfulness. They just didn't know how to look after themselves. They were just a bit, I don't know, almost, I guess, flaky, almost taking on too much and just being ridiculous. Of course, they should have better boundaries and all these things. Now, I didn't think all of these things. And I'm saying this with, you know, with love for myself and and the the shameful kind of reaction but I guess it's a protective reaction at the time because I saw myself part of my identity was somebody who knew my stuff so I was well-being I had a well-being lead role and I was also before that responsible for other people's well-being in terms of um, helping managing a large department so it yeah (laughs) it it shocked me that I suddenly was struggling and it it did feel like it was sudden now obviously if I look back I can which I obviously have done I can see the signs and the signs were the very things that I talk about on this show and that's why I'm so passionate about overwhelm because overwhelm is the gateway to the rest of the mess the the exhaustion and the burnout the the quitting the part quitting of life the giving up on your dreams you know, the thinking that you're not really, obviously for you, you can't have everything you want unless you pay this price. And it's a tough price to pay because being unable to really be present in your life with those that you love, you know, enjoying everything you've worked so hard for, that's a tough price to pay. And it is not temporary. And we think it's temporary. We get stuck into that pattern of, I'll just put up with this now in order to do this so that this happens. And when that happens, then everything will magically be better. And I was stuck in that for years. And the problem is, is that things did get better temporarily. They did definitely like so, you know, you have you have the small breaks in the week, don't you? You manage to get home and collapse and then you've got weekends and then eventually weekends just become about propping yourself up to get through the week. And then holidays can be good, although it can take, you know, five days to unwind and two days to wind up again to come back again. But there are breaks. There are big things that happen. We get promoted or we let go of some responsibility or we change jobs or a person who is very difficult to work with leaves and things feel better or there's some minor reorganisation at work which feels better. Um, And, you know, you move house and, and that's done. You get something done, and and but the thing is, it's it's not the outward stuff, although that's really important, and it, of course it makes a difference. Of course it makes a difference if you're in a toxic workplace, but what I know now is that that that's not what caused my burnout, and I thought it was. So I tried to make it a better place to work for me and for everybody else. I couldn't. I mean, there were things I did which I'm sure had had benefit, and people. I'm sure we're grateful for but overall I was fighting a very big system and the the deep roots of that system are not based in high human functioning and I think that's true for most of our organizations um, and I think that things are about to change because I think they're really we've had enough I 
yeah, I think things are changing. However, for me, when I blamed things on those external things, I got stuck in that trap. When this happens, then things will be better. And because things were better for a while, I believed that. And then I'd then it would happen again. So I didn't see it coming because I thought, I genuinely thought I was coping really well because I thought in order to cope, there were things I had to do, like get stuff done, um, manage expectations, compartmentalise work and home, prioritise self-care, prioritise everything other than work so it didn't get lost. You know, there were all these things I were doing which are sensible things to do. They look like they make sense. And they do make sense, but not until you've dealt with the stuff underneath. And the stuff underneath is the, when I look back, I would never treat myself like that now. The way I treated myself was, it's just completely unacceptable to to me now. I, I just can't imagine ever thinking that that would be okay. And, and that's, that's fascinating to me. Because that means that what's happened now is I now trust myself to notice when those boundaries are being crossed or or before they're crossed. I now notice what's acceptable to me. I know and I, I know myself and I trust myself and I know what I need to feel well and to be happy. And, yeah, I don't think I could have negotiated that within the education system and I'm okay with that some people can but it's not me it's not for me and I'm okay with that now I chose to become self-employed to find my way of living that works for me but that doesn't mean that you have to it doesn't mean that you have to break everything sometimes these are just underneath secret shifts which is why I call it the gentle rebellion because For me, it's really important that we learn how to take care of ourselves without adding to our overwhelm, without causing more pressure. And if we cause masses of disruption, which is the way I did it, I burnt out. I moved jobs twice. I burnt out. I just, you know, not great. Lots of disruption. And that's that's that added to my pressure and my overwhelm. Now, I've worked through it and I'm really grateful for it all now because it brings me to here on this podcast teaching this stuff to you and that's that feels right to me that feels like my work in the world and I'm really grateful for it but some of my clients just change how they are within their workplace and then they might choose to move jobs within the same area so it's not it doesn't really look like anything much has changed but they've changed as in they love themselves more they their non-negotiables are like like I'm talking about with me like they just wouldn't put up with that anymore and that's it it's that gentle secret shift to to be able to work through that gently in at your own pace in your own way in your own time that's really important and it's part of the gentle rebellion so we get to rebel and say no that's not for me but without having to deal with anybody else because one of the things I know happened with me is I would question work practices, which I felt were really unhelpful, just crazy, crazy stuff. Um, and everybody would just look at me like, yeah, but 
that's just the way things are like <laughs> you're insane so and that's not helpful is it because actually I was completely sane to question those things particularly for myself they weren't working for me so and I actually don't believe they were working for anyone but when it becomes a big deal it costs energy because you're having to fight get feisty and say this needs changing and yeah you might be right but as I know to my cost you don't want to go changing the world until you can look after yourself really well because it's going to cost you so and also it's easier <laughs> let's make things easier it's easier to work with yourself and to learn to treat yourself with utter love and compassion to gradually negotiate boundaries that work for you to find out what for you your non-negotiables are than it is to fight the system from a place of stress and overwhelm it's just easier so let's make it easy and also the word gentle is very important to me because the real strength in gentleness and I know for me when I treat myself with gentleness which is not my default pattern it's it just reverses all of the habits that got me to burn out just in that one word gentle and rebellion because well rebellion's fun isn't it let's do things our way anyway let's go back to so that's that's why I'm doing this self-care workshop is because I believe that the issue is other than it is appearing to be so it looks like and for some for some people upping their self-care they can do that they know what it means they've got it sus they do it but if that's not true for you and it certainly isn't that simple for me or it wasn't then doing things in a different way rebelling and saying yeah I know I know I need to up my self-care but I don't really know how and it just feels like another pressure so I'm not going to put that pressure on myself let's find a different way of doing it if that's you well let's do this it's important you matter how you are in the world matters I was talking to a client about this this morning and, and how we want the world to be better and we kind of take a lot tend to take a lot on our shoulders for things being better and you know absorbing oh other people's emotions and then the world stage at the moment is just very dramatic and we could spend quite a lot of our day in fear and anxiety and grief for the world and for those around us and but but who does that serve? I mean, it doesn't serve you. And it's it's not selfish to say that it's unhelpful if everybody reflects back fear and anxiety because it just creates more. What we want is more love in the world. We want everyone to love themselves. We want everyone to know how to look after themselves. We want everyone to be able to treat themselves with respect. When we do that, the world mirrors us. So how you are matters. So let's do this. Let's up your self-care without adding to your overwhelm. So for the rest of this episode, I just want to kind of frame the way I'm looking at it a little bit deeper. And then at the workshop, um, register below if you haven't already. Um, I want to take you through and make it personal for you so that you come out of that workshop feeling refreshed and inspired and like the pressure's lifted and you can see a way for you, for yourself, 
to gently rebel against self-care being another thing to do and another thing to be better at. So the way I'm looking at it at the moment, and this is developing day by day as I really focus and hone in on this in order to hold this beautiful workshop. Um, so at the moment, the way I'm, I've kind of got it in my head is that we can view self-care as maintenance so you can keep going and you can do more. So this is the kind of thing like you wait until you're partly broken and then you go and get it fixed. So this would be having a massage because it, well, it there's kind of two ways. One is you've wrecked your back and you're really stressed and you really need a massage. So you get so bad that you can really justify it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and the other is that you have regular massages because you're so stressed and you know this is a good idea. Now, this is where I was. Um, so I swung from having a massage when I'd wrecked myself. And then in the end, I was like, right, well, we just need to commit to this monthly. So at one time we had, well, several times, actually, we'd have somebody lovely who'd come to the house and we'd both have a massage. And that was absolutely wonderful. But the massage was very, very focused on um, kind of repair, like get yourself together, you know, back. So you just keep going. So it'd be like, um, what what's your problem areas? And then focusing on your problem area with well, always the same areas, right? Because it's where we hold our stress. Um, and then it would be like trying to get the knots out of those areas, trying to solve a problem. So the body becomes this problem to be solved. And although the massage is nice, what I did notice was afterwards I I would be wrecked. Like I would sleep so heavily that the next day I'd wake up almost kind of fuggy because all of this stress had been released. But really, I probably needed to sleep for a week, but I couldn't because I had to get up and go to work. So I didn't really even recover from the massage. And so it never really worked as in, yeah, there's the language, using a massage to work, to get it to work, to get it to, which means that it solves the problem. The problem was I was pushing myself too hard. I wasn't listening to my body. I was doing a job um, which was really difficult for me personally to I don't know just like take a break get any time outside give my mind a rest because it was incredibly cognitively demanding um, eat in peace even have time to go to the toilet I mean it's just such a demanding job and I used to come home aching even if I'd been I hadn't even walked further than the toilet all day so it was it was not good for me. <laughs> it was really unhealthy. And I tried so many things to make it better for me. Um, and some things would work for a while, like, you know, going in early to get super organized for the day. So the day would run better working through lunch so that I could leave on time. So I'd get home before it's dark um, for s at least most of the year, you know, just like and then adding in things like weekly yoga, adding in things like um, joining a choir because I love to sing, like adding in things, booking weekends away, um, you know, adding things. It was always adding things in. It, it, it was always squeezing, like you squeeze life and then work gets squeezed and then that puts more pressure on work. And it's just like, it's just like 
hopeless. <laughs> it's just really hard work. It becomes like another job just trying to maintain. And of course, the idea was supposed to be work-life balance. And I just think, oh, for God's sake, work-life, what does that even mean? It, it doesn't work for me. That I don't even like the notion. I haven't worked out why, but I just naturally have this rebellion against the term work-life balance. This is what a nonsense. But that's another. Let's not go down that route. Let's stick with rebellious self-care. So that idea that you, if you, you, you should and ought to know how to maintain yourself better so that you are never overtired. Um, you're always at your peak. Um, you don't get grumpy with anyone. You, you're always healthy. You don't get sick. It's like, it's almost like if you were better at self-care, then you would never feel you would never need any care from anyone else like you there's no excuses you know like a professional person knows how to take care of themselves so what's wrong with you like you ought to be better at this what's wrong with you why are you not why are you sick again why are you so tired why are you so grumpy why can you not remember not remember what you're doing it's it's this and i'm not saying anybody says that to you but it feels like that pressure or it did it felt like that to me it's like you ought to know how to take better care of yourself because then you wouldn't be a problem. Your body wouldn't let you down. Your mind would, wouldn't be clogged. Everything would run smoothly. It's like it's another failure. You failed. What's wrong with you? And then you're like, well, maybe I need to work part time or maybe I need to let go of some of my ad additional responsibilities so I had less pressure. It's like, so what you're kind of saying there is if you were tougher, if you were better, then you'd be able to handle this job and your life. What's wrong with you? Look around you. Everybody else is managing it. Are they? <laughs> because I'm pretty sure you are the woman that you compare yourself to. Like, if you'd known me when I was heading for burnout and didn't know it, even though I practiced all the awareness techniques, <laughs> God, you've got to laugh at this stuff, haven't you? You've got to laugh at me. Laugh at me. Laugh with me kindly at my madness. Um, you would have assumed that I was doing brilliantly. I thought I was. Like, I was kicking ass <laughs> until I broke. Right. So that's that's self-care, isn't it? Self-care is this thing that you're good at because you're a professional and you know how to look after yourself. You have good boundaries and you just look after yourself and therefore you are always running smoothly. Like you're never sick, you're never stressed, it all happens, da da da. What a load of rubbish. So that kind of self-care is maintenance so you don't let anyone down. And it's also a list of things to do. So it's an outward expression. It's like you have massages so that your body works properly. Um, you eat well so your body works properly. You have good sleep hygiene so that you can cope with the next day. You exercise so that you're healthy and have energy and can focus because this is what we're told. Exercise is good for you for lots of reasons. Yes, I knew this. <laughs> exercise is good for me. Meditation is good for me. Yoga is good for me. Mindfulness is good for me. Relaxation is good for me. Having hobbies and outside interests is good for me. Blah, 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 blah. Oh, man. Too much good for me. Too many pressures. Too much. We know all of this stuff in our heads, but it's not connecting to our hearts. It's just another form of overwhelm. So let's just turn this around. Let's do this the rebellious way. So because the gentle rebel commits to herself first 
And yes, I know that that very statement can be triggering. Commits to herself first. Isn't that selfish? I was reading something the other day which said that, I was listening to something, yeah, it said that women have been taught to put themselves last. And you think, well, that sounds really sexist, but, you know, the, the sexes are treated differently. We are different as well. And I also think that maybe, I mean, there could be like some biological thing where, um, although I've got to tell you, remind me to tell you the story about my bantam. Um, I, I do wonder sometimes having had children myself, whether there's like some biological imperative of, of kind of martyrdom and sacrifice going on. Um, but if I then tell you about my bantam, I can then question it. <laughs> Although obviously human babies are born utterly hopeless and need stupid amounts of care for a very long time. Whereas, so my ban one of my bantams, who's called Blue, as in the character in Jurassic Park two or three, can't remember why she was called that. She was just like, <laughs> like one of those. What are they called? The scary dinosaurs. But she's very sweet, but she's just like really sharp and looking around. Da, 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 da. Anyway, she's called Blue and she's just hatched an egg. Um, and this tiny little egg, tiny little egg, this tiny little chick was born like tweeting away, running away, like just like completely, not completely independent because um, she needs the heat of her mum and she's also being taught brilliantly by her mum she's wandering around the garden copying everything her mum is so cute it's a tiny little chick copying everything her mum does but you know pretty independent right because we know this because unfortunately and sadly most chickens are raised under heat lamps not with their mums which i think is obviously very sad um anyway super independent but still really Honestly, they're so sweet. It's just like she really needs her mum. She loves her mum. Anyway, I only I think she was three days old and I decided, well, they need to go out. They can't. Chickens don't like being inside. It's not good for them. It's not good for humans, really, either, is it? It's not always good for anyone. Everyone likes being outside. Maybe you don't. If you don't, that's fine. I'll put an or not on that. I never like to tell anyone what to do. Anyway. Chickens like being outside. So I put them in the garden. And oh, yes, you need to know this bit. This tiny little chick is called Florence Highlander. Just so you know. So Florence Highlander is wandering around outside for the first time with her mum. And she comes across a worm. And she's eating the worm. And Blue, her mum, comes along and steals the worm off her and eats it. Now, you can look at that and go, well, she's a selfish mum. But the thing is, she's not. Because if anybody goes near her baby, if anybody goes anywhere near Florence Highlander, she puffs herself up to twice the size and shrieks. Like she will pin down another chicken. I don't know what she would do to that chicken. It's pretty scary. She will pin her down and she will tell her, you stay away from Florence Highlander. Like she is a fierce 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 mother and she's just dedicated several weeks of her life to hatching this egg so she's not selfish on the other hand having been sat on eggs and only got off once a day for weeks she needs food 
she needs to replenish herself. She's on special food, but you know, that worm, Florence Highlander didn't need a whole worm. She's just a tiny little thing. She probably couldn't have eaten it anyway. So actually it wasn't a selfish act. And I, for me, there's something really poignant about watching that. Blue knows how to both look after her mum and Bantams are some of the best mothers. Like, I don't know why, but apparently they're better than full-size hens. They're really, really good at hatching eggs and um, looking after their chicks. They're just very, very good mothers. They're very dedicated. They're so dedicated that they spend half the year being broody and um, not producing eggs for me. So I think I'm going to have to get some full-size hens just to have more eggs. But anyway, they are fantastic mothers, but they also need to look after themselves. And I just thought that that stealing of the worm and eating it was just a really interesting example of doing both of, of holding both of being able to be there um, and care but also look after yourself there was a story somebody told me or i read when my children were small about how somebody watched this mother and two children um, climb up a hill and when they got to the top of the hill the mother got out a bar of chocolate and she split it into three that's the end of the story <laughs> it's not a very exciting story, but it's actually quite profound because I have seen, and I think my mother would have done this, mothers get out chocolate and break it in two and give it to the children and not have any for herself. That's That to me was a very common thing or my feeling about the women around me as I, when I was a child. And feminism was a, a big thing. So I grew up in the 70s and feminism was a big thing. I don't think it had quite got to all women. There were a lot of, there was still a big thing about you shouldn't go out to work, you should be at home if you're a wife and a mother. But you know, it was there. Um, and yet, I think, I don't know, even now, you know, I think women do find it difficult to put themselves first. It feels selfish, it feels wrong. So I think we need to just turn that around and instead of seeing self-care as a list of things to do that involve negotiating time for yourself, feeling like you're selfish, feeling guilty, are just quite difficult things like big things, emotionally difficult to negotiate, add to your overwhelming pressure. If we just let that go and instead say, what if self-care was more profound than that, but also simpler? So if we, we, get, we rebel against that and we just say, self-care is the act of caring deeply for yourself. Or not even the act, because it's not really, I want to get away from the actions because actions add to your to-do list and you'll get best track list. I want to get away from the shoulds and the oughts and all of that kind of stuff. And just go with self-care being deep care for oneself, that we can turn it inwards and make it private and secret and much easier. So how do we do that? Well, I would just argue that neutral noticing does it, which brings us back to the one minute mark. The one minute mark is my free one minute audio, which is just tuning in and listening to yourself, noticing completely neutrally how you feel in this moment. It is life changing because 
it does so many things without you having to do anything or even know what they are. So it reverses the habits of putting yourself last, of not noticing how you feel, of not listening to your body or, or of treating your body like another thing that needs attention and maintenance rather than the old friend it is. So if we just take this for a moment, tuning in and listening to yourself, to your body, to your heart, just a tuning in and listening and noticing and acknowledging without having to do anything. And this is really important because as soon, as soon as we feel we have to act on something that we discover, it adds to our pressure. It adds to our overwhelm because it becomes another thing to do or another thing to get better at, another should, another ought, another must. Instead, having the freedom to just notice. So just tuning in and noticing what's going on in the body, even if it feels difficult. And it feels difficult because when we tune into the body after we've ignored it for a long time, we often find things that feel difficult. For example, a stiff neck, um, a tight jaw, um, an upset digestive system, back problems, all sorts of things. And this can then feel like, oh, now I need to solve them. So if we remove the need to do, if we remove the need to listen to the mind and it's off to solve a problem, it's analysing, you know, you it's your own fault. You shouldn't have sat at your desk for so long. You shouldn't have pushed yourself so hard. You shouldn't have gone away for the weekend because now you're too tired to cope. Anything like that. We just So we can notice that as well. But primarily, to me, we can reframe, we can gently rebel against self-care being this big, huge thing that we ought to be good at and just say, I'm just going to listen to myself. I'm just going to notice. I'm just going to acknowledge. Because if you think about it, we feel most loved when somebody notices how we're feeling. But it's quite difficult for other people to notice how we're feeling. And if we always have that expectation that others will always notice we put the power onto them just like if I say that working in a toxic work environment caused my burnout I give the power away when I take it back and forgive the people who didn't always behave with the care they could have done or the whole system and historically how it's developed when I let go of that and say yes but when I care for myself deeply, when I look back and think, well, there were warning signs that I could have paid attention to, but didn't I just didn't have the kind of knowledge I have now about how to listen to the body, how to heed those warning signs. And that's now what I teach. Um, when we turn that around, we get to decide. We get to decide how we care for ourselves. We get to own the feeling of deep self-care we get to care for ourselves easily privately quietly and from there we can then decide whether or not over time we want to change boundaries up on non-negotiables maybe you decide yeah I do want a massage every month and I don't need to justify it I'm the kind of person who has a massage not because I overwork and I need it to mend myself so I can keep going but just because I like massages, full stop, or not. 
you know it, massage might not be your thing that might feel too big that's that's like long that could be miles down the road for you or it could be not for you it doesn't matter the most important thing and this is also important because life changes so the most important thing is when we can just change self-care and make it a deep caring for ourselves a quiet gentle rebellion just a tuning in and listening and noticing and acknowledging and then the outside might look similar we might have similar things in it that we wanted to do before or not but the difference internally is profound and it also lasts the distance because when we learn to listen to our bodies listen to our hearts really hold space for ourselves with love and kindness moment by moment effortlessly when we learn this whatever happens in our life we can negotiate and keep our self-care because we're listening because when we allow the body and the heart to weigh in on the conversation not only do we take the pressure off the poor overloaded mind not only do we lift the fog of overwhelm but we have just an easier way to get through our life not get through i don't like that word we have an easier way to be in our life we have an easier way to negotiate to navigate because we have all of the information we need we have the wisdom of the body the wisdom of the heart and the mind can weigh in as well we can look after the mind though stop overloading it so when we bring all of those together life's just easier life's more joyful self-care just becomes well i care for myself i love myself so i'm not doing that i love myself so i choose that i love myself i recognize i need this or not it's this constant i need this or not i choose to do this or not it's a it's a it's a dance rather than a fixed list of things i ought to be really good at <laughs> anyway i hope you've enjoyed that i hope you enjoyed my delving into the difference between self-care as something to um, add to your overwhelm versus deep care for yourself i'm really looking forward to this workshop next tuesday i'm hoping to see you there or to see your name um, on the registrant list so that you can catch the replay and yeah looking forward to it so that's register by clicking the link beneath here or go to heidimark.co.uk forward slash self-care lots of love have a great week thank you for listening to this week's episode if this resonates with you please use the like subscribe and share buttons to help other people find their way here too and please do go to www.heidimark.co.uk forward slash the one minute mark with an E to join my mailing list and receive my free one minute life changing audio practice.